Anger by Alexander Augustus Narrated by Daniel Collard Volume 3 Chapter 3 Dawn was fast approaching, and Edward had not slept a wink. The blue hour was upon Balmoral, and the rough surface of the castle's stone shone azure. Soon a narrow strip of burning orange would bring morning over the horizon. Everyone knew that today was the culling of the anomalies, and many were dreading it. In many cases, these creatures were their friends, lovers, or family members but were now trapped within deformed shells which pounded and battered at their confines. They would destroy any pearl they could get close to, and in some cases attacked humans too. The key workers on site were heavy-limbed with anticipation, but resolutely they made their preparations. Edward, who was busy coordinating the site, had secured Elizabeth inside a transparent plastic lanyard. The dome arena around the mutant was complete. The dome was clinically white, made of reinforced panels joined by steel girders. There it is. Quite an achievement, Edward spoke with a tinge of sympathy for the situation. His efforts at reassurance involved explaining how quickly Cup's life would be extinguished. Look, your majesty, in the upper ring of the panels there are round holes. He pointed to a series of openings at the top of the dome, some forty meters from the ground. There are platforms attached up there for the flamethrowers and artillery. They alternate, see? Flamethrower, machine gun, flamethrower, machine gun, and so on. We're hopeful that these will extinguish some of the anomalies very quickly, depending on their materials. We don't want them to suffer, do we? He flexed his stiff hands, cracking his fingers. No one is happy to do this, but they attack themselves, they attack others. It takes up most of our resources just to keep them from harm. They aren't happy as pearls, so why keep them in suffering?" He trailed off into abstract thought, before snapping back into focus. Look! At the front here! See these see-through bits? That's where we'll sit! There were three panels of the structure unlike the others. They were transparent, and looked much thicker. Elizabeth guessed they were made of bulletproof, flame-resistant glass. It'll be over soon, then we can... Move on, he checked his watch. Time to collect the anomalies. He took a deep breath before turning towards the dungeons. Down several flights of stairs, the anomalies were chained up in individual chambers. Elizabeth thought they seemed quite conscious of what was going on. Violent slashing and banging noises made quite a din, accompanied by waves of groaning and sobbing from some of the cells. The great din was made by claw, by wing, by tentacle, by horn, by gear wheels, by steam presses, by metal fittings and fixtures, by devices as sophisticated as the technology which built these malformed bodies. Look at these monsters! 
Edward shouted over the racket of metal hitting stone. Do you know how you can tell they're defective, other than by behaviour? Look at that one. He gestured to an anomaly shaped like three vertebrae of a spine, with six rib-like shafts of sharp bone jutting out from the sides. From the end of each one of the ribs, a small flame burnt, and the whole form interlocked like a totem pole. It rolled backwards and forwards on wheels which were encrusted with eyes, smashing its gleaming white body against the walls, doors, floor, anything it could clash with. On the bottom vertebrae there were two blue eyes, with thick lashes like those of a young woman, crowned by a thick monobrow. Can you guess yet? Okay, next one. Edward stalked along the corridor, ducking as shards of wooden panelling and chipped stone flew past his head. They stopped at another captive, a vulpine creature, its little body supported by two golden forelegs and a bushy tail sticking out of the back. But its head was like the nib of an aerosol canister. From each side of the neck, two fantastical branches floated softly like bronchial trees, clutching glowing orbs. And when the cap of the aerosol compressed, a long, sad hiss was expelled. A human voice sprayed out like it was being channeled from another realm. Mercy! Mercy! Don't be fooled, ma'am. This is Ali AM990. In a previous life, he was a pleasant young chap. But if I were to open this door, he'd spray acid in my face without a second thought. That's why we have to say bye-bye today. Suddenly, Alley AM990's branches tightened around one of the orbs, causing it to spray out a vile loop of boiling acid. The aerosol shrieked in pain. Edward did not do a great job of concealing his intrigue, imagining these powerful beings let loose to rip each other apart. He turned to the next cell and pointed, Human! and clapped happily. They all have human bits. I mean, obviously they all cause violence to themselves and others, but they also have human parts. It's like they can't let go of the human world, and that's what makes them so dangerous. Like ghosts who hang around, haunting people long after their own deaths. Kind of like you, ma'am. And they just won't listen, will they? He placed a hand on his temple and shouted, Settle down, you lot! But the anomalies took no notice at all. Elizabeth scanned through the vaulted corridors of the dungeons and felt hundreds of pearls, maybe even thousands, all of which had a human head of hair, or a set of hands, or a large nose, or pair of buttocks. They remained more human, she thought with a penetrating sadness. She realised that she had retained her human face in her printed note form, and who knew what body might have grown from the organic incubation? Was she also classed as an anomaly? Is that why Leopold was stalling on her transformation? Elizabeth felt a swelling of kinship with the anomalies. Fear not, fellow beings. We are lions, and must not lower ourselves to the destruction of mice and other such insignificant creatures. But she knew these unique creations, along with Cup, would soon be set against one another. Edward looked down and whispered, this'll cheer you up. Guess what I made the code, your majesty. 
He pointed to one of the heavy iron shackles which bound the anomalies around the legs or other appropriate appendages. The lock mechanisms were controlled by small digital keypads, one on each shackle, and also by a remote device which Edward showed her. It's your birthday! 21041926. Now, you can't say I never honour your memory. He performed a quick visual check of the restraints, and having completed this task, left the dungeon of the anomalies. Humans and pearls were assembling in the courtyard. Elizabeth counted around 30 key workers who had manned the artillery, and up on the castle roof were a reserve of pearls, Rog PE21 notable amongst their ranks. Edward snatched a megaphone and a clipboard from one of the organisers and began barking instructions. Team 7, you're behind schedule. I want to see all that equipment installed in the next 10 minutes. He fiddled with the output volume on the megaphone and moved on to the next group. Teams 3 and 4, assemble the first batch of anomalies, get them to the arena door. We'll need to move quickly once they're in position. Team 1, is all your ammunition hoisted? No time for admiring the view. These orders went on for several minutes as he bossed around the reluctant workers. Elizabeth grew increasingly anxious. For Cup, for the anomalies, even for the pearls and the human workers. Where is Team 9? Where are the pearls? Edward looked around wildly, until Leopold popped his head over the battlements and shouted down, All in hand, Edward! Is your implant still not working? We'll take another look at it later. You just worry about that structure and the workers down there. Elizabeth knew the towering fortress that was Rog PE21, but he was now surrounded by other equally formidable forms. MPQ87 was the serpent-type pearl who had carried Cup's body into the courtyard. She was studded all over with eyes, stingers and wings. Lee PP49 was a construction of gleaming chrome whose many mechanical arms spun and clicked with deadly intent. And Barb SO8 was a pearl Elizabeth had recognised from her tour of the lab many years earlier, bristling with eyes, horns, tentacles, wings and iron fixings. Behind these frontline pearls were arranged a couple of dozen others, lesser in stature and deadliness, but each bearing some form of defence or weapon. Even the fat, slimy maggot Elizabeth recognised as Pearl Rupert Murdoch, now designated Rup S21, was squidging around waving its tail stinger. The entire estate was pulling together to see this job through. Satisfied that he had imparted some authority to the situation, Edward marched up the steps on the outside of the dome, his heart beating so loudly that Elizabeth could hardly focus on anything else. He took his place in front of the glass, looking down at the arena. There was the mutant shell of Cup, clearly suffering greatly, not just from the ripped flesh and bleeding wounds about its body, but also twisting with inner turmoil. The bloated head reached six metres high. She heard shrill protests coming from one of the workers, who was being ordered up the arena scaffolding to one of the artillery platforms. I'm not a soldier! I don't know how to work a gun! It was Denise Mulholland. I'm afraid of heights, as I keep saying! This ain't my job! My employer isn't working yet! They won't listen to me! A young woman put an arm around her shoulder as they began to climb. I'll show you. Don't worry, we'll do it together. The monsters below can't get out. There's nothing to be afraid of. 
Together they climbed to their platforms and took their positions. Is everyone in place? Leopold called as he came puffing up the steps to the viewing seats. He flicked the face of his wristwatch and adjusted his little oval spectacles. His eyes fell on Edward's lanyard in which Elizabeth was held. I am truly sorry about this, ma'am. It's a crying shame we couldn't find a way to fix some of these anomalies. Some of them are really quite impressive. Your friend especially, Cup AX01. We've been studying the fluid samples though, and I really believe humankind will benefit, for- He cut himself off, adjusted his spectacles again, and shuffled round in his seat. Any minute now. Are you ready to give to order, Edward? Edward huffed in annoyance. Yes, this is my moment, Leopold. You asked me to do it, so let me do it. He adjusted the lanyard so that Elizabeth's view would not be obscured, and looked up to the patch of sky visible through the doors at the top of the dome. The golden hour of dawn was fast approaching. Open the doors! He boomed through the megaphone. Lead the anomalies in! Cup AX01 was already secured in the centre of the arena. One after another, a dozen other anomalies were led through an opening to their allotted positions around the perimeter of the space. The key workers leading them looked understandably nervous, but a combination of physical restraints, implant technology, and the dome atmosphere being pumped with tranquilizing gases made the anomalies soporific enough to manipulate. Silence fell over Balmoral as the impending horror began to sober everyone. Was it murder to terminate these unique creatures containing the minds of tortured people? Once secured in their places, it also became clear to the anomalies what the dome was for. They began to buck and pull against their restraints. We need it nice and neat, Edward. Let's try to finish off the batch quickly before we bring the next lot in. Leopold lifted his fist to his mouth and let out a funny strangled cough. I've matched their strengths and weaknesses, and with any luck they should neutralize one another quickly, replied Edward. Let's put these poor beasts out of their misery. The doors were sealed shut, and the heavy foreboding in the air intensified. From the center of the dome came a low, piercing sound, like an orchestra of muffled trumpets. Edward turned to Leopold, and both men felt their implants, which were vibrating painfully. Suddenly, the entire body of Cup AX01 spasmed and went stiff, as if hit by a million volts. The arms and legs splayed out, and barbed vines squeezed the head, pulling it up to attention. All the thousand thousand eyes opened. The vibrating in the implants was audible as a shriek, the same sound was coming from the collective mouths of the mutant cup. It was as a multitude of voices like unto trumpets. The ground in the air began to buckle as the roots of Cup's body did writhe and pull at the earth. The workers at their battle stations were clinging to their heads, yelling at one another. What's going on? My head's going to explode! Screeched Denise. She clung to the young woman beside her, who struggled in vain. Cup AX-01's head, swollen to the size of a hot air balloon, began undulating violently 
as hundreds of thousands and thousands of thousands of eyes appeared to suck in and pop back out. It was gnashing its jaws, and every mouth wailed. The eyes were rotating in their sockets, up into the skull as if caught in some hallucinogenic nightmare, re-emerging with flares of orange heat. Areas of the head were squeezed and contracted, while others appeared to fill out or stretch. Blood vessels popped out from the entire body, which writhed on the piercing thorns which held it up. The skin was tearing and jagged punctures ran with blood, and all the hundreds of mouths opened at once and screamed as a ferocious multitude. THE LIGHT! Edward looked at Leopold, who glanced at Elizabeth, who was flashing across her surface. THE LIGHT! THE LIGHT! FIGHT, DEAR CUP! KICK SOME ASS! The two men panicked. NOW, EDWARD! BEGIN NOW! Flamethrowers! Artillery! Ready! Cried Edward into the megaphone, and all the gunners pulled their weapons up. FIRE! Flames and bullets burst from all twelve golden flamethrowers and all twelve machine guns. Red heat poured down into the thirteen anomalies like an apocalypse. Cup AX-01 was engulfed in boiling flames. Denise directed her gun as best she could, and tried to shoot at the eyes and mouths of the beasts. Two had sunk into formless piles, melting under the intense heat which filled the dome. The bullets flew madly, ricocheting from shell to the dome wall back to shell, some piercing the soft flesh of eyes or organs. Three more fell, twitching violently. Those watching recoiled as the onslaught rained down, Hissing sounds were coming from Cup AX-01's head, but soon plumes of smoke filled the arena, hiding everything from sight. Cease fire! Called Edward, and the shooters collapsed against their weapons. Edward asked Leopold, Each remaining? The doctor grunted. It's hard to see through all... But before he could finish, there was an earth-shattering BANG! Flesh, blood and shards of bone slammed against the glass in front of them. I roared as my voices bellowed as four thunders. And in response, the voices and howls of the surviving anomalies were raised in anger. Even Ali AM990, the terrified fox-like creature with the canister head, did hiss furiously splattering acid into the air. The smoke pulsated with black shapes. The anomalies in the dungeons below screeched and hollered. Slithering, scaled, beaked, clawed and venomous creatures, all beating their wings or whirring their gears or venting their steam pipes in a riotous cacophony. They were united in anger. The body which contained me had boiled, baked and split popping eyeballs and teeth among the piles of bloody mess on the arena floor. I had burst from my own skull. I looked around frantically. Smoke, fire, corpses, chained monsters. I was met with the rancid stench of cooking flesh and the salt iron of fresh blood. Unable to see me properly, but hearing my roar, those on the firing platforms shot nervous looks at one another, 
and then at their commander. Leopold was flustered, but maintained a steady appearance. He took the megaphone from Edward. Everyone, stay calm! There's no need for... When he was cut off by the snap of a skull shattering, followed by a click, tick, click, click, tick, click. An ominous ticking was coming from within the smoke, as though the air was cracking open. Terrible child eye was spinning my wheels and hovering in the thickest smoke to evade detection. Four of my bodies extended themselves into this new world. I had been born for what seemed like the millionth time. Annoyingly, Colossal Eye was still limp and useless. I surveyed the place as best I could through the smoke. I coughed and spluttered and called out, Hey! Hello? It sounds different! Screeched Denise from her platform. It sounds like a man! A human! The smoke began to dissipate. Everyone waited to see what was happening. Child Eye hovered, clicking and ticking like clockwork. Rising now above the dissipating fog towards the clear air at the top of the dome. Everyone stared intensely, and Leopold lifted a pair of binoculars to his eyes. What the hell? It's not like any of the others! He beheld my calm, youthful face, and my organs weaving within the wheels which contained them. Clear of the smoke, I was able to survey the whole arena, the array of weaponry, the terrified humans, the vicious intent to destroy, and finally, the bemused anomalies below. Edward snatched back the megaphone. Release the anomalies! He yelled. Quickly! Before it gets out! Edward typed the eight digits into a control pad. All the shackle keypads beeped, the lights turned green, and the restraints split open, releasing the anomalies in the arena in a whirlwind of energy. The creature made of vertebrae lurched forward, stabbing down with the sharpened points of its bone through the panelling of a screeching armoire-like anomaly and engulfing it in a burst of flames. Ali AM-990 fled, holding its precious orbs aloft, and hid behind the charred corpses of those who had already fallen. Fork! I cried, too late, as an anvil-shaped limb smashed down on the serpent's head. Fork was dragged beneath the melee, shrieking, Master! All about myself flew beaks and claws, stingers and pincers, fire and poison, sideboards and ornaments, metal drill bits and saw blades, door handles, panes of glass, all smashing into each other as the anomalies fled and pursued one another around the arena. Colossal Eye slipped on a heap of entrails and staggered, across sharp bone fragments which pierced the soft skin of my feet. Knife and spoon spiralled around my limbs to support my wobbling weight. Sprays of blood and other fluids kept leaping towards my eyes. Colossal Eye was three times the size of the other creatures, but my body was pink and soft, and Knife and Spoon had to work hard to guide me through the carnage. I was being twisted around by the serpents like they were ivy pulling down a tree, but wherever we stumbled we were unable to find safety. 
I howled, stung in the calf by something. I held hermit eye in one hand and used my long teeth blades to slash wildly, and mischief eye in the other, burning anything which came close. My eyes were blind at weeping. I knew this battle was meant to end my life. I will not die here, I thought. I aimed mischief eye and threw myself as high as I could towards the open hole at the top of the dome. With all my voices, I called out from within the battle. Stop hurting me! Stop this! I boomed through the haze like typhoons and trumpets simultaneously. And the floor did shake, and from my mouths poured bright fire, and out of the fire went forth lightning. Its forks sizzled against the glass panes of the viewing area. The gunners were cowering beneath their equipment on the platforms, trying to look to Leopold for direction. One began to climb down, trying to flee. I was easily thrice the size of these men. Inside the viewing area, there was panic. Edward turned to Leopold, alarmed. Did it just speak? He asked. Blast it! We've got to see it through! Leopold barked. He radioed orders to the Pearl troops waiting on the castle battlements. Rod P21, MPQ87, Lee PP49, Barb SOA, get that loose anomaly! Do not let it out! The Pearls launched themselves over the battlements and began to clamber up the outside of the dome. In all the chaos, it was difficult for Elizabeth to be sure what had happened to me. But now, for the first time, she sensed my new form. Dear Cup! It was I. Six meters high of naked pink giant with a bushy blonde tail wagging manically atop my head. But I was, nevertheless, the reincarnation of her dear Cup. She would have to wait her moment to attract my attention. On hearing the battle, the anomalies in the dungeons had set up a ferocious riot beating and straining against their restraints, and any spare key workers had rushed down there to help quell it. In this moment, Mischief Eye shot out of the smoke and through the hole at the top of the dome. Elizabeth noticed my tiny body fly. I had escaped and was now careening down the side of the dome, skipping past Rog PE21 and the other Pearl troops before they realized I was gone. I landed on the lawn in the morning sun, and stood for a second, enjoying the cold air, the sensations of being alive in the world, and I wondered what to do. Above me, visible through the glass of the viewing area, were a tall, thin man and a short, fat man, both wearing comical expressions of horror. Around the thin man's neck was a lanyard, and the ID card he had in there was flashing wildly. Even from ground level, I could read words, or one word, over and over, in a dozen different colours. Cup! 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 I remembered the vision I had had, after the birthing storm, of the paper which told me to fight. The paper with the elderly woman in the sky. Inside the dome, Child Eye swooped down close to see what the message was. The note flashed. Free the anomalies! The code is 21041926! 
I shone from the face like an image of the sun, and about my feet the grass curled into black cinders. A gang of people was bringing a creature towards the dome. The creature was resisting its controllers. I saw its chains and understood. Flames flashed in my eyes, and I leapt towards the shackles, and typed in 21041. But the anomaly reared up and thrashed its razor-sharp branches. I dodged away from a barb as thick as my arm, somersaulted through stinging leaves and landed by the keypad once more. Quickly I pressed 926, and crack! The restraint burst open and the chain fell away. The anomaly ripped towards the workers who had been controlling it, launching a poisoned spine into the neck of an elderly worker and flinging another aside. Noah! Olivia! cried Leopold. He snatched the megaphone. Get back down here! Raj PE21, use APO7 is loose! My mouths were filled with laughter and shouts of excitement. I'm not supposed to be doing this! I did not stop. I sprinted down to the dungeons, where I set about freeing the tens of hundreds and hundreds of hundreds of imprisoned anomalies. Up above, Denise was struggling to reload, while she scrabbled with clips and cartridges. Child Eye rose up to her platform, bursting from the smoke like a nightmarish apparition. She screamed at the sight of my disembodied head with bronze nose and teeth, at my rings of eyes surrounding organs exposed and suspended, dripping red. STOP SHOOTING AT ME! I boomed. But this panicked Denise, who managed to jam the cartridge in and pull the trigger. Bullets sprayed, pinging off my wings. My eyes spun, clicked and shot flames. My rings rotated faster and faster about. I did let out a hideous shriek with a voice like unto a demented orchestra of violins, and I launched myself upon the platform, decimating Denise and her gun between my bladed rings. A red mess splattered across the aluminium stage, raining onto the arena below. With the golden pliers I lifted chunks of the body from my wheels and ate them. The texture was like unto leather, and the taste was as chemicals and beef jerky. My stomach heaved, and I vomited it back up. This was not at all like the flesh of beings within Almighty Cup. I could not eat it. I could not assimilate it. Within the mass of flesh, I saw the pulse of her implant biotech module. So I scooped this up and ate it. It was crunchy and tasted like unterfried mushrooms. Though I did not know it at the time, the implant was made of similar technology to my own shell, the almighty mutant cup. I swallowed it down and I felt waves of new information. Denise Mulholland's feelings, memories, knowledge, all the data that her mind contained. I looked down upon people and could recognize many of them. I remembered cup eye hanging from that rotting closet of a shower, blue lips and stiff limbs. I saw the five pound note on my windowsill and the words of Elizabeth, conversations between her and Denise, that the Queen of England had been trapped under my carpet. The world I had left and returned to was a strange place indeed. 
Child's eye flew higher and higher until I was out in the air and could see everything in the golden light of morning. The dome, the castle, the carnage below, and beyond, the rolling forests and meadows and mountains of the Garden of Shells. Out of nowhere, MPQ-87's claws dug into my wheels. It clung to me, beating its wings and pulling me down. Metal teeth clamped down on my hinges and we hurtled towards Earth. We smashed to the floor. Rog PE-21 crushed down on me and Lee PP-49 stabbed metal spokes into my rims. They ripped at my organs. My mouth screamed in agony. Shame and anger bubbled over as my blood poured out. My tens of hundreds of eyes rolled back, clicked and burst open, exploding in little showers of viscera. Leopold shouted at Edward in panic. We need to leave right now! We're losing control! He screamed one last time through the megaphone to the gunners aloft, although only two of the platforms were still manned. Again! Flamethrowers! Guns! Fire! The two flamethrowers poured jets of searing heat down onto Colossal Eye inside the arena, cooking my tender skin. I howled in pain as knife and spoon did spin themselves around myself, creating a vortex of air to deflect some of the heat. I cried. Stop! Stop! I was blind inside the dome. Neither Colossal Eye nor Hermit Eye could see, and I was clinging on to Knife and Spoon, who did whirl ferociously. Fire rained down upon us like chariots of burning horses. Knife and Spoon opened their mouths and swallowed as much of the flames as they could, but plumes of heat bounced up the walls of the dome, spiralling up the concave sides. Colossal Eye shielded Hermit Eye under me, and I wept thick tears which did soothe some parts of my skin. The tail on the top of my head fanned and slapped the flames away, but it was no good. I was charred and burning up. Scrambling with my hands, I felt something soft. It was the orbs of Ali AM990, ripped away from the body which lay dying a few feet away. I let Hermit Eye loose, and with my sharp teeth gleaming, hurried around the tattered corpses of the anomalies. I stayed low to the ground and worked quickly, stabbing, cutting, sewing, connecting bits and pieces to Ali AM990. I gathered the most poisonous parts I could find, the blades and horns, and the organs which did burn or shoot things. All the while, Colossal Eye was exposed, blistering under the heat of the flamethrowers. But the jets of fire had paused momentarily, and as the tail on my head fanned the smoke away, the people saw me for the first time. It's... no, Leopold! It's human! It's a giant human! yelled Edward. We can talk to it! Edward wrestled back the megaphone and boomed. Cease fire! All teams, cease fire! But Leopold's panic was blind, and he snatched the megaphone again. Has the board touched you? Rog PE21, Lee PP49, MPQ87, Keyworkers, has the board touched you? The pearls broke off from mangling my organs and turned towards him. Their eyes glowed red, rolled back, 
and clicked. With chunks of my flesh in its drawers, Rog PE21 stumbled and its surface began to mottle. His blades clattered against one another. Flashes of red did sweep over his body and sensations rushed in. My sensations. Rog PE21 and the other pearls were infected by the corpuscles of disease I. At once, thoughts and memories from these three pearls rushed into me. The faces and voices of lovers, parents, siblings, children, homes, workplaces, landscapes, anxieties, confusions, fears, dreams, all were made part of me. Caked in blood, the pearl bodies were coming into my control. Rog PE21, MPQ87, Lee PP49 had bits of my flesh in their teeth, and they too were penetrating my mind. I coiled my scales, slammed my drawers, spun my blades. Rog PE21I turned to the ranks of key workers and charged. What happened? Edward said. Infected! cried Leopold. Infected by the bodily fluids! I told them to be careful or bugger it! All remaining Pearl Battalions, attack! The reinforcement pearls threw themselves from the battlements of the castle, slashing through the air. They clamped onto myself, one like a giant mushroom, another a tree with tentacled branches, another a pillbox bristling with poisonous tendrils, and so on. They stabbed at my eyes, pinned myself to the ground, and ripped at my organs. My blood did run into the mouths and stomachs of these pearls as well. The key workers had scattered across the grounds, and were shooting wildly with what weapons they had. Many were wounded, and they lay about or staggered around in pain, until their eyes rolled back and began to click and tick. Their implants buzzed in their temples. Edward and Leopold had abandoned the dome and made it to the courtyard through the confusion. John P162! Leopold called desperately for his transport pearl. But I was gaining control too quickly to be stopped. I rolled all my hundreds of thousands and thousands of thousands of eyes back in their sockets, and it was as a universe of sunsets. I have something against thee! I roared from all my mouths. As the attacking pearls came into contact with one of my cells, as my blood entered their systems, these two shone red in the eyes and became part of the ID of Almighty Cup. Inside the arena, Hermit Eye had been busy constructing a towering golem. I cowered behind it and used all my weight to push it towards the carnage. There were two remaining anomalies who had survived the flamethrowers and other dangers. The golem obstructed them from Colossal Eye. Now free to cross the arena, I crawled to the door and began working loose the nuts and bolts. Within moments, the golem had destroyed the last anomalies in the arena. It ran and slammed against the door, which dropped open like the stone of an ancient tomb. Colossal Eye emerged from the arena, elevated on the swirling, bejeweled plinths of knife and spoon. Battered, burned and bruised, 
I nevertheless raised my head victoriously and skimmed across the field. Here I am! I roared, and so too did hundreds of pearls and key workers on the battlefield, with red eyes rolling back and clicking. Many humans did cradle their heads and claw at their implants, fighting within themselves as their thoughts were confused by a bewilderment of other voices, caught as they were within my matrix of being. I was becoming an army. Inside the courtyard, the men were fretful. Both were ignoring Elizabeth, who was trying to shout at them. Stop this at once! I command you to stop! Leopold spotted John P-162 hovering above the battlements and called out. But just then, BANG! Mischief Eye flung open the door to the dungeons, and a hundred anomalies swept into the courtyard as if rising from the depths of hell. Their chains hung free, and they stampeded and fought with one another in their desperation to reach the outside. GO FREE! I called after them my throat full of laughter. An anomaly with the appearance of a bedside table with four writhing legs, which became the scaled bodies of four snakes, sprung out at Edward. Atop the table was an upright human hand, which held a golden arrow between thumb and index finger. The table slithered and flapped towards Edward, and with a powerful thrust, it did stab him straight through the chest. <coughs> He gurgled as the blade went deep into his lung, and he collapsed on the cobblestones. Colossal Eye burst into the courtyard, dodged around Edward's corpse, and did pause beside John P-162, who had Leopold's little legs poking out the bottom. I allowed the pearl to rise a bit higher, then pulled down on Leopold's legs as he kicked and shrieked. Even in a short and busy time, I had processed many of Denise's memories, and those of other key workers, and of the pearls and anomalies. I knew who Leopold Buttercake was, and what he had tried to do to myself, and his intentions towards Elizabeth, who had tried her best to help me. You were going, going to, to kill, kill her, I said. I pulled him out of the shell. She was making the workers nostalgic. And the Shell Corp board told you to terminate her, correct? I boomed with my multitude of voices, fire in my eyes. Oh, bollocks! He gibbered. I grabbed his head and buried his face in one of my many open wounds. He choked and struggled until my fluids met his, and my current passed into him. His implant buzzed and clicked inside his skull, uploading itself to the new network. As the unbreachable distance between two minds closed until we were touching, then overlapping, then interpenetrating, I absorbed huge quantities of information. A fearful chill swept through me as I thought about Leopold's son, the vulnerable boy hidden safely away in a distant part of the castle. Leopold's eyes glowed red, rolled back in his head, clicked and re-emerged. Leopold I wiped the blood from my face. From around the dead neck of Edward Snippet, I took the plastic lanyard with the five-pound note in it. Elizabeth was flashing. What have we 
done.